Hey, you. Yes, you. Listen, before the podcast takes place, I want you to know from whatever how you're listening to this, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, or some radioactive frequency wave you just have in your stoner brain of yours because you just smoked too much of that good kush or whatever the fuck you like to trip on and just can't realize you clicked on the podcast category for some dope-ass audio. Or wherever you may on right now, whether it be you're driving down the interstate or some fucked up traffic that you don't want to be in, walking around the block with your purse-sized dog in one hand and gimmick Starbucks cup in the other, Walking out your place because you can't stand your annoying bitch-ass girlfriend-slash-boyfriend right now because you're not doing something she-slash-she told you for the hundredth time today, but you keep going back and you know the flame is still there. Oh, hey, you baby should be taking a shit or serving your country at war right now because you goddamn right we support our troops. So whether this is your first time listening or a long-time staff fanatic, we here on Topics on the Pod are here to say welcome. So sit back, relax, Roll another one, or whatever the fuck you like to take the edge off, and enjoy the show, you fucking bitches. <laughs> what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Jesse, aka DJ Stash, aka the host on the motherfucking podcast. In this episode 48 on Topics on the Pod, where each and every week we bring the most dopest audio on the planet. Alright guys, welcome to the show. If you're a long-time Stash Fanatic, welcome back. If you're a new uh, podcast listener, welcome to the show. <clears throat> uh, basically on the show this week, uh, it's kind of late, this is like Wednesday about 4 o'clock a.m. when I'm uh, recording this. I tried to do a podcast, or tried to record a co- podcast this past Sunday, like <laughs> it was actually going to be a first podcast driving on the road, but uh... I was having technical issues when I was trying to like look up my uh, Google News. For y'all, lots of times Stash Fanatic, you know what that is when I look up. Basically, when I don't have a certain topic, I just look up Google News and then uh, talk about something else when I talk about my what's going on my past week. But uh, I, I went through like two different articles and then I went to the third article and all of a sudden the voice, I used the voice memos on my iPhone. It just kept shutting off. I shut off. I was like, okay, let me try again. Try it again. Talk for another minute. Shut off again. So I was like, well, was it was be able to do it because uh, I was gonna go pick up Kelly. We're gonna go see Kelly. Here's another Kelly. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. You can look that back in my past uh, podcast. And it's gonna take like an hour trip anyway, so I thought I'd do a podcast and sum up. Uh, I was gonna get my predictions for SummerSlam, but it didn't work out. We just went ahead and came back home and watched SummerSlam. So uh, I'll give my thoughts about that when the time comes. But uh, I'm gonna read a. Google News, and then uh, I'll review on SummerSlam. Because I really want to predict it, because it's a long card. But uh, I do want to I already know what Google News I'm talking about. It's like Molly Cyrus, because her, her and uh, Liam Edsworth were broken up, so. And then she went to vacation in Italy, I believe. And then she had, like, some kind of new lesbian lover, looks like. When I read the other article, but. I don't know. I, I don't remember it's going to be the same article that I read from the la- Sunday. Or it's going to be the Sunday podcast, but we'll see. Uh, this is from like yesterday. It just says people.com. This is not for my you. This is not for me uh, section in the Google News. I just cl- typed in Molly Cyrus. It says uh, Molly Cyrus isn't rushing to file for divorce from Leanne Hensworth sources. Huh. As you know, they already been married for only eight months. And so it looks like they haven't been finalized divorce yet. So it looks like Molly Cyrus has been like doing lesbian craze again and hasn't been divorced yet. 
There's like a video, but I don't know how to play the video. It says Molly Snyder's and Liam Hemsworth. I said I didn't want to play the video. <laughs> also, I'm drinking a White Claw here. Did you know I'm being a bruh? Got a couple reviews already down. I'll be able to release them in the coming days and check it on my YouTube. Snatchy and gluten free. Alright, it says uh, Molly Snyder's and Liam Hemsworth announced they were separating on Saturday after tying the knot in December. Yeah. It says Molly Cyrus and Liam Hensworth have been separated for months, but the singer isn't playing. They've been separated for months. Yeah, because I've been hearing like different news on like they've been arguing and shit. So they've been. So they've been. They divorced after eight months of marriage, but then separated for months. So. What does that tell you? It says, but the singer isn't planning to file for divorce anytime soon. Multiple sources confirm exclusively to people. So they're just having a. Yeah, it's already the article, so they're just having a break right now. Focusing on their careers, but they're still technically married. But Sam Olish, I'm like, she still made out with some other girl. Like, I think the other girl was like, was based on the other, other article I read. Like, like she's on some other show too, and then she broke up with her husband or boyfriend or something like that, and then they somehow, some, I don't know, some source like got a picture of them together, like kissing and shit. So, it says, uh, they're having a break right now because they needed it. It was a bad situation for a lot of disagreements, says one source close to my, uh, Cyrus, who uh, wed Hensworth in December. They both agreed it's better to spend time apart, but this doesn't mean the relationship isn't completely over. Just noting that on again, off again, couple have previously been in similar situations and found their way back together again. The sources say stars haven't completely ruled out a reconciliation down the line. Says they agree together when they are happy. Says the source, there is absolutely hope that they will get back together again. Uh, says related, Molly Cyrus and are not on the same page, but it isn't shocking. Says source. Yeah. Says uh, for all the details on why Molly Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth really split after ten years together, pick up the latest issue of People on Newsstands Friday. Okay. Yeah. Now I was talking about what I was talking about just a minute ago. So the Saturday a rep. For Cyrus, who was photographed kissing her longtime friend and Brody Jenner's ex, uh, Caitlin Carter, in Italy on the same day, confirmed to people exclusively the couple were separated. It says, ever involving changing as partners of individuals, they have decided this is what's best while they both focus on themselves and careers. Read the statement. They will remain dedicated parents to all their animals they share. While lovely taking this time apart, please respect their pr uh, process and privacy. Hemsworth 29 officially broke silence on the split Monday night on Instagram, confirming that he and Cyrus, which is 26, recently separated. Says, uh, related, Liam, <coughs> Liam Hemsworth breaks silence on his split with my Cyrus. I wish her nothing but happiness. Okay. And it says, uh, I wish, so I quote for him. It says, I wish... Her nothing but health and happiness going forward, he said, adding that their breakup is a private matter. He says his message came one day after Cyrus seemingly alluded to their separation with a post about embracing change. This is related from speculation to separation, a timeline of my Cyrus and Liam Hensworth split. And it says, don't fight evolution because you will never win. Like the mountain, I am standing. I think this is like my Cyrus quote. It says, standing on top of which was once underwater connected with Africa, change is inevitable. She captioned two photos of herself with the picture choir mountain ranges of northeastern Italy in the background. And it says the Demolites were not created overnight. 
It was over millions of years that his magnificent beauty was formed. My dad always told me nature never hurries, but it's always on time. It fills my heart with peace and love knowing that that is true. I was taught to respect the planet and its process, and I am committed to doing the same with my own. She concluded. Yeah, she has, like, yeah, pretty good photos. But, like, she has uh, some really good, uh, she has really, uh, I don't know what she called it, eye-popping Instagram photos, I'd say. Showing more of her body, like, this, her, uh, like those, vi- those two videos she has, like, showing more of her bikini. Ooh, my bae popping, man. As you know, that's my bae. So now she's back on the market. I wish I could see her at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. But, Sally, at that time, I'm going to Dead Mouse on September 20th. Or is it 20th, 21st for that iHeartMissy Festival in Las Vegas? But I already got tickets for Dead Mouse, which he's going to be in Austin the whole weekend that time. But I'm going on that Saturday, so. Went for that, I already paid tickets for that, I probably would go to Vegas. But, oh well. Because I already uh, had to sell a Chainsmokers ticket, because I bought two. I have three tickets for that, and I sold one. Alright, just want to touch base on that. So, now we'll go back to my for me category on Google News. Alright. Yeah, I saw this this all all ago. It says, uh, about Gene Simmons about, this is from Alternative Nation. It says, Gene Simmons makes sad drug announcement. Because if you know Gene Simmons, he's like, uh, never really takes drugs or alcohol. Or, or supposedly, we'll see. It says, Kiss icon Gene Simmons has quit the Canadian cannabis and fertilizer company, Invictus, as their chief evangelist officer, even after investing $10 million in the company. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Satibius so, Forge reveals what Gene Simmons did to Ghost last week. What? So Simmons said, I have enjoyed my time. With Invitos, I remain a big fan. That's Commission Mart. It says Invitos CEO and President Treble Dixon com- commented, It has been a pleasure to work with Gene. He has been a valuable asset to the company. Gene has pledged his ongoing support of the company, its leadership, and its new direction. It says a Steven Tyler photo with Gene Simmons' wife was revealed last week by Simmons. Gene previously said he wanted to join the company despite never having used cannabis or marijuana in his life. Historically, I have to say I was completely wrong about the entire space, he said. I thought cannabis was for stoners and losers and all of that. And slowly but surely over the years, the amount of research that I saw just blew me away. Seeing little girls suffer from uh, explicit, uh, rubbing a salve, not on the inside but outside of their body, and seemingly miraculously getting cured made made me take stock. Oh yeah, that is a big industry to get into right now. Says big pharma, the global pharmaceutical industry is not found on this space because cannabis in its various forms is actually going to help people. He continued, "That's <clears throat> that's what researchers are telling me, and I'm telling everybody else that there are a lot of new companies, especially in Canada, and good for them. Some of them are solid, some of them are garbage. It's up to you to find out what's it all about. I happen to believe in Invertus, and all I urge anybody to do this is to go to Invertus." Slash md.com and do your own research. Uh, when you go into a restaurant, you get a menu. Think what looks good for you. It's all that. It's all there. Some of it's good. Some of it's fresh. Some of it's rotten. And it's been there a long time. But generally, the cannabis space, I think it's going to be good for humanity. 
Certainly much better than cigarettes, which might give you cancer. This other thing, even as a recreational item, might give you the munchies. Uh, the desire for salty, sweet, or fatty, carbohydrate-rich foods. Let me see. I get the munchies or I might get cancer. A Foo Fighter member revealed a stunning Gene Simmons secret last week. That's something I was like, man, can this for that, like, cannabis still ain't for anybody, because, you know, I've been to cannabis since I was 16, and just recently, like, 22, like, two years ago, like, I can't smoke it at all myself. I can do edibles, but just smoking in general, like, vaping, cigarette, I, like, I've been put talk about the podcast before, but if I vape, uh, smoke cigarettes, any kind of smoke or vape, like, my mouth breaks out into, like, uh, ulcers almost. Pretty much, like, it's basically ulcers, like, outbreaks my mouth and my... And just hurts down my throat for like not even like a few hours, I'm like the days, which I doesn't really understand. I guess it's like my immune system like really broke down with that. Because uh, as I would do it for years, and all of a sudden I just randomly vape one day at work, or off the wrong break at work, and just broke out, and I couldn't go over ever since. I've even tried like the best vape they had for uh, marijuana was the uh, volcano, and even then when I got that, it still broke me up. Even on the lowest setting, and everything. So I knew after then I was like, "Well, I definitely can't do it anymore." Except you know, like smoking wise, edibles. I'm great with that. So, so glad that's still a possibility. So, man, it's, it has different forms. For everybody, it's so it's not just for one thing. It could be for everybody. You know, CBD, uh, your lotions, hemp. Even hemp has different sources too. So, I definitely support it. All right, now. There's uh, someone by GTA 5. I thought PS5 was going to be here, but. It says, uh, Grand Theft Auto Makers tease full realistic uh, PS5 and Xbox Scarlet graphics. How are they going to do for like the P with Grand Theft Auto 5 or 6? It's from comicbook.com. Let's see how they're going to do that. This is a video. Let's play this video. It's made it long. I thought I was gonna read it. Here I start. <laughs> I'll turn off the sound. I'll just read off what the. I don't know the rest of the article to say this, but I'll just read off what the uh, video says. I thought I was gonna read it off too, but I guess not. Let's see. Says so for 2019's E3 gaming convention, Microsoft has begun revealing specs for the new Xbox codename Project Scarlet. The upcoming generation of Xbox hardware will support 8K capabilities along with up to 120 uh, frames per second, like the PS5. The company will be continuing their trend of backwards compatibility, handling all previous Xbox console software. The next Xbox will have ray tracing variable frame rate and a next-gen SSD that is used as virtual RAM. In addition to this, it will be four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, most powerful console so far. Luckily, fans won't have to wait too long for the new Xbox as it will be reliving during the holiday season of 2020, which is 
the end of 2020. So basically, it's gonna come out late November. <laughs> like we're just ready for Black Friday. To top it all off, Halo Infinite will be a launch title. Of course. Stay of the day, no project. Y'all keep look it locked into comicbook.com. Okay. And read the article here. Another drink. It says, uh, PS5 and Xbox Scarlet already in the hands of main developers, meaning studios, are starting to see what the system are capable of in the moment while we have general bench, uh, benchmarks for the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet. It's unclear just how powerful they will be. That said, it sounds like they could be powerful enough to boast uncanny and full realistic graphics. Speaking to CNBC, Take Two's Stratus Zilnik, Zilnik, uh, the CEO in charge of Take Two and its uh, subdentaries 2K and Rockstar Games, noted that the two systems may push video game graphics into the full realistic realm, a realm that uh, the PS4 and Xbox One have inched pretty close to recently. Since we have a new console generation coming, then that's going to allow us to do some things that we haven't been able to do before creatively. And that's exciting, says uh, Zilnik, <laughs> while speaking to CNBC's Jim Kramer. But as I've said before, we are going to reach a point where you won't be able to tell the difference between what's uh, created in the Peter and what's real. Yeah, that's what I've been wanting to see. Says Zilnik, continue nothing that the aim of the next uh, console generations won't be followers of graphics across the board. For example, it has plenty of series that hope for the styles route like Borderlands and Bioshock. However, it has also series like NBA 2K, Grand Theft Auto, and Red Dead Redemption, which do trick and realism, and which could truly look live action via the power of the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet. Of course, the sheer size of the worlds in Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption could mean photorealistic graphics may be impossible, at least without completely so sacrificing performance. However, sports games, which already look nearly uncanny levels of realistic, could really and truly be photorealistic sometime next year. At the moment, all we can do is wait and see, but if there's someone who may know the about the power of the next gen uh, generation of gaming, it's Stratus uh, Zilnik, a man who has earned Take-Two Interactive a massive fortune via some of the world's most popular video game series. Says, anyways, or anyway, as always, feel free to leave a comment letting us know what you think, or hit him up on uh, Twitter at Tyler underscore Fincher underscore, and let, let him know over there. Will the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet achieve for list of graphics? We'll see. This is exciting news. Poke oh, this is about a pocket. Okay. Ooh, new. This is on the same uh, article. It says new Saints Row in development. I played the latest Saints Row. It says uh, during its latest early earnings call, publisher THQ Nordic confirmed that a new Saints Row game is in development. At series uh, developer Volashon says, as you may know, Vol. Well, Sean hasn't shipped a full game in the series since 2013 when it released Saints Row 4. Uh, that said, that should be changing soon. Unfortunately, no further 
Permanent details are disclosed by THQ Nordic, but this is the first time we've gotten confirmation a new entry in the beloved series and it is in development. Though Wallachian has teased as much in the past on several occasions. It's been four years since we last saw the franchise, six years since we last saw it proper. Meanwhile, we haven't seen or heard anything out of Wallachian since August 2017 when it released Agents of Mayhem, a game similar to Saints Row in some ways and set in its universe. But the crudely and commercially flopped, in other words, it isn't very surprising to see it's returning to the series and made a name for itself with. Since given the Agents of Mayhem released two years ago means we should be coming up with a reveal of the next project, uh, which we know is a new Saints Row. Perhaps we will hear more on uh, games games um, later this month. Or maybe we won't hear about the title until next year. It's hard to tell, but THQ Nordic confirming it to investors does suggest it may have something to show soon. Yet again, THQ Nordic uh, notes it's deep in development, which suggests it may not come up for the air anytime soon. It says, uh, with no new Grand Theft Auto on site, it's probably a great time for the Saints Row series to return. It suffered a bit fatigue towards the end, but there's many claiming for it in a new open world crime action game to play. As, uh, as always, feel free to leave a comment or two with your thoughts, so let let them know on Twitter at Tyler underscore Fisher underscore. What do you want to see for the new Saints Row? Should Vols reboot it, do another spinoff, or just make Saints Row 5? Yeah, just make Saints Row 5. So I like the new DLC they had too. It was like, what, the Gates of Hell? What was it? Was? Something like that. So I'll be down for the Saints Row 5. It was a pretty uh, entertaining game. So let's see. It's like I did like different articles at one. Let's see. There's some uh, something for uh, Ghost Wire. Tokyo directs hints at locations for a possible sequel. This is all from uh, today too, guys. Let's see, I know from the uh, article. It says Ghost Wire Tokyo was announced during Bethesda's E3 presser back in June. And while the internet may have fallen in love with game director uh, Noki Nomura, plenty of people were intrigued by the trailer that was shown seeing as mu uh, not much information is known about the release of the upcoming title. There is a good chance that uh, a rather large amount of development remains before it goes gold. That said, this does not seem to stop the director from possibly considering the sending of a potential sequel to the unreleased game from the uh, Tango Gameworks. <coughs> Excuse me. So Nakamura uh, recently took to Twitter with a tweet that brought up the possible locations that the next Ghost Wire could take place outside of Tokyo. Both Taiwan and Hong Kong were mentioned. And while this is certain, certainly nothing that could be considered as official, it is good to see the director already thinking about what could potentially be next. Unfortunately, the tweet was quickly deleted, but not before only SP was able to archive it. This, of course, this also brings up the question if the upcoming Ghostwire Tokyo will feature an ending that could be continued, or if we are looking at a possible anthology of sorts. Either way, the inbound title is sure to provide an interesting experience for those who dive in. In case you're unaware of Ghostwire Tokyo and what it's about, here's more. After strange disappearance hit Tokyo's population, it's up to you to uncover the source and purge the city of a strange new evil, armed with your own mysterious 
Spectral abilities, you will be face down the occult, unravel conspiracy theories, and experience overworld legends like never before. Don't fear the unknown, attack it. Ghostwire Tokyo is currently in development at Tango uh, Gameworks, but it is without a concrete release date. In addition to this, it is currently unknown which platforms the spooky title will be launching on when it does arrive. For even more on the upcoming title, check, uh, check them out for uh, their previous coverage. And uh, says, what do you think about all this? Do you believe we all they're all seeing a Ghostwire Tokyo sequel to play place in Taiwan or Hong Kong? Sign off in the comment section below or feel free to hit them up over on Twitter at ANARCHE7. And there's another one that says, uh, Vigel, The Longest Night is a 2D Bloodborne coming to uh, PS4, Switch, PC, and Xbox One. Okay, I'll, I'll play Bloodborne and see what's up with this. Since so today, publisher another indie and developable Glass Heart games announced Vigil The Longest Night, a 2D action platform that more or less looks like a 2D Bloodborne with some salt and sanitary thrown into the mix. And of course, it looks uh, reminiscent of the Castlevania series, in other words, and evokes all the games you want to invoke. The game in development for PS4, Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch is set to release in early 2020. Via the former three, the Nintendo Switch versions of the game currently doesn't have release window. To accompany the news, the pair have also revealed a brand new trailer showing off lots of the gameplay and the game's gorgeous Lovecraftian art style and Elderich horrors. According to Glass Heart Games, Virgil The Longest Night is a 2D action platform that puts an emphasis on precise technical combat, a strong narrative, and challenging players with difficulty while Frightening them within its unvarying horror in the game, you follow Leela, <coughs> or Leela, looks like, on her quest to save her hometown from the creeping evil infesting the surrounding uh, countryside. Navigate a world that wanders between dream and reality, sanity and madness, and uncover the secret of the longest night and mysterious titles invading the worlds as on official description. The Gale the Longest Night is 2020 bound and is set to release via the PS4, Xbox One. PC and Nintendo Switch below, you can read more of the, about the game, courtesy of an official rundown of its key features. Here's the key features now here. It says, experiment with four types of weapons and multi-varieties of each type. A number of unique items to suit how you play. A fusion of Lovecraftian prowls and Taiwanese culture. Complex skill tree to create the ultimate warrior of light. Unique art style inspired by the art of Chinese paper cutting. Uh, brutal enemies with multiple methods of attack and surprising attacks. Explore dank, <laughs> dank caves, abandoned villages, and uh, haunted forests. Meet the residents of Ilya's hometown as they struggle in the world of madness darkness. Battle a host of hideous uh, bosses from the depths of your nightmares. Multiple enemies to unravel. And music by the talented uh, Joanna Volkake. A popular band whispered. Cool. Drink here. Alright. This thing I'm going to about the Xbox Scarlet. Says the uh, Xbox Scarlet will paralyze frame rate over graphics, says Phil Spencer. This Xbox boss Phil Spencer and his team have really been pushing 4K gaming this generation with the Xbox One. It was a big point of marketing for the Xbox One X. However, for the next generation, the generation of the Xbox Scarlet, the team at Xbox is putting a bigger 
emphasis of on frame rate and playability than visuals. Speaking with our sister site GameSpot, Spencer Microsoft is prioritizing playability of Xbox Scarlet Games. Father, it's really putting a lot of emphasis into how games load with size into playability. It says, uh, their quote there, it says, I think the area that we really want to focus on the next generation is frame rate and playability of the game, said Spencer. Ensuring that the games load incredibly fast, ensuring that the game is running at the highest frame rate possible. We are also the Windows company, so we see the work that goes on for PC and the work that developers are doing. People love 60 frames per second games, so getting games to run at 4K 60 frames per second, I think, will be a real design goal for us. Says Spencer continued. The thing that's interesting is this generation, we've really focused on 4K visuals and how we bring both movies through. 4K Blu-ray and video streaming, and with Xbox One X allowing games to run at 4K visuals will make really strong visual enchantments next generation. But playability is probably the bigger focus for us in this generation. How fast do games load? Do I feel like I can get into the game as fast as possible and while playing is playing? How does it feel? Does this game both look and feel like no other game that I've seen? That's that's our target. Of course, AK has been thrown around with the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet, but it seems at least with the uh, later that it won't happen anytime soon. Rather, it appears Microsoft wants to ensure frame rate and how the game plays matches how it looks before it jumps to AK. And this is far this is for the better. The difference between 4K and AK isn't as great as the difference between 60 frames per second and 30 frames per second. Says Xbox Scarlet is set to release sometime next holiday season. For more news, media, and Information on the console and all things related to it. Be sure to check out all of our previous covers by clicking down below. And it says here, uh, CamCon seemingly teases Devil May Cry announcement. It says it looks like CamCon has a Devil May Cry announcement in the chamber, but it's currently unclear what it could be for and when it what it will let off during Anime Festival in Orlando earlier this month. There's a special panel featuring the acting talent of Damn Cry 5, including Ruben uh, Langdon, the voice of Dante. At the end of the panel, Langdon asked everyone to stop filming because he was about to reveal an announcement CampCon will be sharing soon and that the publisher gave to him early to reveal to attendees of the panel. At this point, the filming of the panel cut off, so we don't know what was shown. Now, it's a bit unclear what the announcement could be for, Whatever it is, it's under NDA, so nobody, including the voice talent pres uh, present, can talk about what CampCon has in store. Below, you can check out Long Don talk about the announcement at the 45-minute mark. So they got a little video here. So I guess I can fast-forward to the 45-minute mark. It's only 15 seconds. <laughs> So, right here, let's go with a Facebook video. Uh, so, what we're about to show right now is uh, I'm going to have to ask everybody to sort of put your cell phones away. I know, please, I'm sorry. Uh, so, I've got permission from Capcom to show this to you guys exclusively here and not. Okay. I mean,. Even if no one recorded, I mean, it's, it's someone's got it. The people that are at the panel, I mean, it's, or even though they said that somebody still had a like to record that, but whatever. 
let's see what it says further down the article. It says, many are speculating this could be for Devil May Cry 5 DLC or a new game in the series, but both of these seem unlikely. I mean, I can see a DLC and then a new game. They just came out with Devil May Cry 5. Capcom has already confirmed oh, there's no DLC in the pipeline for the currently acclaimed new entry, and given that Devil May Cry 5 just released earlier this year, it means that it's far too early to hear about a new entry in the series. Of course, this could be for the Netflix anime, but why Capcom would be permitting uh, Langdon to share the reveal rather than Netflix doesn't make any sense. So who knows what it is. It's probably small, but it's almost certainly Devil May Cry related. It says, uh, Devil May Cry 5 is available for PS4, Xbox One, and PC at the moment. Publishing, there's been no word of additional ports. Overall, The Lazy Industry is one of the best games yet from the series. It reads a snippet from a review of the game. It has the music, cinematic drama, the addictive combat, the uh, personal flair, and characters that you'll just be generally love. It's safe to say that Devil May Cry 5 definitely de- delivers on its promise to be, loyal f- to be loyal to fans while still providing an entirely new experience at the same time. I played the demo, and that demo's fucking hard, man. When the first boss, I don't even think I'd finish the first boss. And I don't even think, I, I never played Devil May Cry either. That was the first time. I may pick it up. I don't know. Y'all let me know if you want me to see that somewhere, somehow and so in my social media. I may do it on my Twitch. Uh, says Friday the 13th. The game now available on Nintendo Switch. I have that on the uh, PS4 somewhere. I got it one of the PS Plus free games. It says it was revealed earlier this year that Gun Media and Black Tower Studios were bringing their official licensed third-party horror or third-person horror title based on a particularly popular movie franchise to the Nintendo Switch this year. We officially learned of the launch date back in June and fans have been waiting ever since. Luckily, the wait hasn't been terribly long for Friday 13th of the game players to be able to take their bloody action on the go as the title has officially made its way to the Nintendo Switch. While there's already plenty of content in the place for Friday the 13th, the game players there won't be anything new added to due to licensing issues. Thankfully, all of this content games conclude, including the Switch version, which is just the Ultimate Slash Edition that is already available on the other platforms. This is in case you're not aware of what Friday the 13th the game is all about. Here's more for you. Friday the 13th the game is a third-person horror survival game where players take on the role of a teen counselor or, for the first time ever, Jason himself. Uh, you and six other unlucky souls will do everything possible to escape and survive while the most well-known killer in the world tracks you down and brutally slaughters you. Friday the 13th, the game will strive to give you every single player the tools to survive, escape, or even try to take down the man who cannot be killed. Uh, each and every gameplay session will give you an entirely new chance to prove if you have what it takes to not only survive, but to best the most brawly killer in the cin- cinema history. A slasher with more kills than any of his rivals. Meanwhile, Jason will be given an area ability to track, hunt, and kill his prey, stalk from the shadows, scare your targets, and kill them when the time is right, in a brutal fashion, as you can imagine. Take control of the legendary killer that is Jason and terrify those unfortunate enough to cross your path. Friday 13th, the game is currently available on the Nintendo Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Forever. Or for even more information about the title, check out some of our. It says check out some of their uh, previous coverage. It says, uh, "What do you think about all of this? Excited to play Friday the Thirteenth game on the Nintendo Switch? 
sound off in the, in the comment section below. Or feel free to hit them up on our Twitter at anark 7 Uh, let's see. I think it's like two more in this section. And this is a wrangled Shakabu in new board game. It's the new board game. We'll challenge players to guide their Shakabu safely home later this year. Uh, Square Dinks will release Shakabu Party Up, a new board game all about beloved oversized birds from the Final Fantasy franchise of games, which I played the, the their newest Final Fantasy game. The fucking oversized birds you ride. <laughs> <clears throat> it says players will be tasked with using their colored Chuckaboo pals to call for and guide Chuckaboo through a forest, protecting them from other players, attempting to steal them, and lead Chuckaboo back into their nest instead. Players can use cards to trigger certain abilities or use a special fat, fat Chuckaboo to kick another player's Chuckaboo pals out of, out of the space, leaving their Chuckaboo vulnerable to, uh, to get guided away. So Chuckaboo were originally introduced in uh, Final Fantasy II and quickly became a fan favorite part of the franchise. While Chuckaboo have different roles in different Final Fantasy games, they're often used as a form of transportation or a summon to attack foes. Which I think the... Was it, seven, no, was it 15, 17 that I have? The newest one it, it is? I uh, just wrote them. I don't think you can attack them. I haven't played as in like, the new DLCs. <coughs> it says... Uh, uh, all, uh, so even in the games like Final Fantasy uh, XIII and Final Fantasy XV, which are set in worlds with futuristic technology, have future Chocobo in some form. Yeah, the newest ones. This is why a board game about competitive Chocobo wrangling might not sound like a natural expansion of the Final Fantasy franchise. So this isn't the first time that Square Enix has released Chocobo uh, tabletop game. In 2016, Square Enix released Chocobo Crystal Hunt. A card game in which players use Chuckaboo to steal other players' crystals. Chuckaboo Crystal Hunt was popular enough to get a Dungeons and Monsters expansion. So it seems that uh, some people really love their family-friendly Chuckaboo games. Chuckaboo Crystal Hunt is scheduled for an August 2019 release and will cost $50. God damn. You can pre-order the game from Square Enix. Oh, it's a, I thought it said board game. Or yes, yeah, so it's a board. So it's a game or board game, like. Fucking fifty dollars. That's a lot for a board game. All right, and we got the last uh, article for this section from Comic Book. It says, uh, "Call of Duty Black Ops Four brings uh, Pandemic to PC and Xbox One." It says, "Call of Duty Black Ops Four players to PS4 have recently been able to experience the massive infection mode added to Blackout." I don't even play that. Because I have PS I have Black Ops 4, but I mean play it since that new DLC, I guess. Since the game's battle royal mode, Pandemic is the 80 player version of the infected that some fans have been having a ton of fun in lately, but it looks like uh Treyarch has blown the doors wide open as a new mode is now available across all platforms. In fact, all the operations of Populate Z survivors now available on PC and Xbox in addition to the PS4. Which means everyone gets to enjoy the experience. With the arrival of Operation Apocalypse Disease, virus come, comes pandemic and blackout as well as affected. Final stand and multiplayer and duck and cover. Gauntlet and zombies. Needless to say, there is plenty of fun to go around along with uh, 
all the zombie slaying goodness in addition to all of this there has been some <sighs> tuning changes in paramedic and paramedic to hopefully settle some potential issues here's what is new with paramedic it says that uh, we've had a ton of fun playing paramedic both here at the studio and online for all of you and we've made some new tuning changes based on community feedback and game data to help out the affected team's chance of victory these changes includes increased affected sprint speed, increased affected ladder climb speed, effect, increased affected melee lung range, increased affected player resistance to barricades and fire damage, reduced final collapse delay from 30 seconds to 10 seconds, reduced final collapse from time from 90 seconds to 75 seconds. It says uh, this will allow the affected team to get to their targets faster, hit them sooner, and live longer against well for four to five survivors. We're all we're also uh, slightly speeding up the action in the last collapse to get everyone to the final showdown a bit faster. These updates should result in a more balanced ratio of, of victories between the two teams. Jump in and let us know what you think. Uh, I don't want to try. I definitely want to try that now. It says uh, for the full patch notes from the most recent update, those can be found right here. Because I have, I have been getting a. Uh, Actually, I was on the PS4 a while ago and just uploaded about Black Ops 4, so that's probably what it was. Uh, it says, Call of Duty Black Ops is currently available on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. For even more on the popular title, check, check out some of our previous coverage. It says, what do you think about all this? Are you excited to jump into a parent pandemic on the PC or Xbox One now that is available? Sound off in the comment section below, or feel free to hit them up. Or on Twitter at anarchy 7 Alright, I'm thinking we do uh, one more news and then uh, cover uh, SummerSlam. Uh, let's see. Massive. PayPal. It's like the Dolly Valentine is dating again, just six weeks after Beth's de de death. Robert Plant, I don't know who that is. Steve Oak explains how he's 100 grand in debt. Huh. So HBO once. Or HBO. Or HBO Max once Big Bang Theory? Right. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about GTA. Let's talk about Slipknot. Which I'm going to Slipknot concert in September next month. 
So Gene Simmons makes a crucial breakup announcement, yeah, from the cannabis company. That's a clickbait. Uh, I'll just go with the GTA 6 why not just end up another fucking game article Let's see if this is real because I was looking up GTA 6 thing a while ago it says G- new GTA 6 story leaked it's absolutely insane but is it real it says this is from Dextro yesterday it says uh, Rockstar Games is not even confirmed that GTA Six is even is in development, but that hasn't stopped frequent leaks about the rumored game. With the latest leak claiming to have a very detailed insight into the next Grand Theft Auto story, it says the uh, speculation surrounding the next GTA game continues to build with the popularity of the series and the massive success of GTA Five, leaving fans clamoring for more. More, baby, give me more. It says the almost and if innovative GTA 6 game has been or has had every element of its success and supposedly leaked including the map how paused it will be and of course its expansive storyline showing here about the map this is the map this is pretty fucking huge no I say uh what it look, looks like still looks like being uh, in LA again Hmm. Well, let's see. Looks like it's like LA and it's like the Los Angeles and Liberty City together. Let's see. So the latest leak posted by anonymous Reddit user claims Rockstar plans right now are to make GTA International with Hong Kong, San Friere, adventurous tread theme game in the future. It says it's important to note that while this claim. Claims to be a leak, there's absolutely no evidence to back it up, and therefore we advise you to take it to a variable grain of salt. Could it be real? Sure it could. However, in a space where leaks there are common as any other game, it is wise to be uh, WS at its the very least. Since diving straight into it, they begin by discussing give a drink here, my throat's getting hella dry. <sighs> Need that white claw. Says so diving straight into it, they begin by discussing the beginning of the new story with GTA 6 the game. We'll begin in the 1970s of Liberty City as we play as a low level gangster in the Spanish broker slash Harlem District of Liberty. In the 70s, huh? Says so the story mode will be divided into three parts the prologue, main story, and epilogue. The prologue takes place in 1978, main story in 1980, and epilogue in the present day. Okay. This is a large portion of the game set at a time where mobile technology was minimal. The way you communicate in GTA 6 will be different. A lot of modern players will have <clears throat> to get used to the new contact system. No mobiles to call. People you can use uh, payphones, which are scattered across every city. Or around every, yeah, around every city. Eventually, once you are in the 1980s, you can gain access to a brick phone. Then a satellite phone for international calls. Ever since 2013, when GTA 5 was released, the gaming world has evolved a lot. Traditionally, single-player uh, modes now have co-op options, and now, according to this league, GTA 6 will, no, will be no different. So GTA Online will be set in the 1980s and allow players to join 
another person's main story campaign as a member of the Protoss crew. Okay, up to four players can join in on the story while the online mode has its own story. Huh. It says, even Rockstar may not have anticipated the success of GTA 5 Online will be, which successfully became a game in of itself in the latest day, uh, Diamond Casino Result update. And with, pre with previous heists, we have seen separate story modes between single player and online. It seems this has been noted and will be expanded upon for the next GTA game. Even with this new Casino Resort, I don't even think like, like people in other countries can't even have this update. That's crazy because it's like a virtual game casino. Like this has nothing to do about getting real money. It, make, it makes no sense how like other countries ban this update. That's so weird. That's probably why it took so long. Come out one reason. So weird. Says elsewhere, it seems Rockstar are trying to make GTA 6 as realistic as possible. The driving mechanisms, or mechanics, I say, are a mix of IV realism, or four realism and five arcade controls. Uh, says six on foot mechanics are more on the uh, realistic side. If you want to bring an RPG to a mission, you have to use a van to store it in or a car with a large trunk. Oh, that's... Uh, I don't know about that. That seems a hassle. Swebbins can be uh, bought and sold off on the black market. Your character can gain weight or lose it. He can build muscle, but not unrealistic big. <laughs> this is a very grand, immersive, and missile title. Uh, there will also be implants for every decision you make. Killing someone may come back to haunt you. At a later date, and getting arrested is no longer the 10 second inconvenience it used to be. Imprisonment isn't just a quick cutscene, it's an actual punishment. You lose time, value, the respect of your peers, and money. Oh, damn. I remember you lose money in the other GCs as well. That's, that's what sucks. Since all these details can be seen entirely of the Reddit post, which can be read below. The swim knows the rock star aren't totally serious about their NDAs, but the leaks that have come out recently are about 60 to 70% correct. They tend to keep track of all current employees, online profiles, and company policy. Please do not ask for information about the source. He slash she will be in serious trouble. Rockstar plans right now are to make GTA International with Hong Kong, San Fierro Ventures, Trad, theme, game, theme, theme game in the future. With GTA uh, 6, the game will begin in the 1970s Liberty City as you play a low-level gangster in the Spanish broker slash Harlem District Liberty. I don't know why I just said that again, but... It says the game will feel very immersive. This is a weight to the way your character walks and being in Harlem feels huge. Strangers, freaks, and friends can call or be bumped into at any time. This is uh, GTA 4 Liberty. The game is divided into chapters by years. It is a three-act story with an echo. Epilogue. It says the protagonist's name has not been set in stone yet, so I guess it's also like only one character for this Reddit post. He is described as a 20 something character with a naval officer, Epstein Gringo father, and a South American mother. Uh, he is a bilingual dime bag dealer, dealing, jewelry snatching criminal who enters the drug trade. Support his large family in the fictional city of Brunswick of Costaleno. 
South America, which is Rockstar's version of Colombia and Bolova. During the prologue set in uh, LC1978, you're employed to kill the boss of the Gambiti family named Sony, which leads to you heading down to Vice. Huh. So the drug business is very next level. You first uh, begin selling weed and liberty for, for then end up as a smuggler for the Pacific Cartel and international drugs syndicate based in Mexico and South America who are looking to expand in the U.S. Eventually, you're set to smuggle cocaine back and forth from Vice City to Liberty. Uh, in this part, you can actually drive down to Vice from Liberty City or Vice from Liberty, yeah, Vice from Liberty and you can earn more trust and money. You can use plane, planes, smuggle the drugs through Escobar International through connections and bribes. Every route has its own risk and rewards, and the DOA, Rockstar's DEA, play a major role in the story. As you arrive in Vice City, you are given more responsibilities as a crew leader in the cartel. Here, you are able to assign your own smuggle operation by going to South or Central America to find a solid source for quality cocaine as you raise higher in the organization. You meet and are able to travel to a fictional or fictionalized South and Central America along with Mexico. Nice. Yeah, you get to have people working under you, and your job is to make your cocaine import slash export run smoothly for the cartel. These people you can meet throughout the game, which, like heists from GTA 5, GTA 10 Online, will allow players to join campaigns with their own customized characters. Nice. If this is all true, uh, character customization is much more detailed. Now, this is see a selection of voices that allow your Allow you to lower or raise the pitch, body type, more realistic faces, clothing. So you so uh, think of your online character looking like he belongs in the story instead of a of the supermodel, crazy looking online characters of GTA Online. I think they should do like the uh, like your face, like put your actual face on there, like they do with some of the sports games. That'd be pretty cool. So starting off, you can meet new contacts. However, the deals that usually take place in cheap motels carry the, the risk of being set up by other players or criminals who are stepped on cocaine, lower grade coke, no cash, etc. As you make money, you can invest into a fleet of planes with pilots, boats, and choose routes that have a risk slash reward factor financially. You have your own inner circle of friends. The storyline arc involves an undercover FBI agent and your crew. Pacific Cartel as an uh, internal dispute and a war uh, takes place on the streets of Vice City. A chapter revolves around you being actually sent to prison and sentenced. The prison <coughs> chapter is about you is about you surviving, making new contacts and discovering vital information and dealing with enemies while attempting to keep your business going. There are various prison gangs with the Iran slash KKK being secondary tactics in the story. So here's the best part. When you uh, when you are released, it is the 1980s, and the Pacific Cartel is split into three cartels. Matarazzo Sr. Uh, leads the Mexican Cartel. Matarazzo leads the South American Cartel. And Director's son runs the Central American gun, gun Running Cartel. You can work for Matarazzo Sr., who is a good choice. Monarach, neutral choice, or Director's son, bad choice. Uh, Monterazzo moves back to Mexico and leaves you in charge of the, of the vice cartel. 
uh, Madurage leaves you with a bunch of high-grade quality of cocaine in a different type of cartel. Redstone leaves you without anything but a whole lot war. Says you uh, also have a strong rival who is described as an Anton uh, Chigraw type of freelance hitman named the Mexican. Nice. You have uh, multiple scripted, very intense encounters with him and acts and moves like the nemesis from RE3, Hard to Kill. Uh, as your inter organization is being taken down, you two end up becoming allies and team up. The gameplay is much more reserved than previous games with various paths you can take which lead to multiple endings. You can hold up to two or three ha uh, handguns on your person. For large weapons you need a devil bag to use them. Uh, trunks have a use such as storing cocaine packages, weapons, and bodies. If you are busted, you are sent to prison for a period of time which is not playable only in the chapters. The aim of the game has become the main kingpin of the United States and Liberty. The Five Flames make a return. The 1970s Spanish lords and black Harlem gangs. Cocaine can be broken down into crack, and you are punished by the are pushed by the AI or IAA to uh, flood black neighborhoods with crack cocaine. There are six main locations, which is the main theme of the game. It's the main cities. This below says Liberty City, which is a limited area. Vice City, main city. Uh, this is Rio de Rio de Neve, South America. Rio de Janeiro, it's the main city. Republic of Constantino, South America, mix of blood on Colombia, main city. It's the minor minor cities, people's Republic of Del Castro, Central America, fictional Central America island based on Paranormal Cuba Island, Mexico, it's a limited area. Prologue, 1978, main stories, 1980s, epilogue, present day. So a lot of modern players will have to get used to the new contact system. No bubbles to call people. You can use pay phones which are scattered around every city. Eventually, once you are in the 1980s, you can gain access to a brick phone and then a satellite phone through international calls. However, GTA Online will be set in the 1980s and allow people to join another person's main story campaign as a member of the protagonist's crew. Up to four players can join in on a story while the online mode has its own story. You can choose different classes, the undercover, cartel member, or a member of one of the five families. With only Liberty Vice playable, you will be able to run your own crew and work for the stories, uh, modes, bosses, or money. Each class has their own perks. Being undercover allows you to report back to your staff sergeant in either Vice or Liberty City. Working for the cartel allows you to help smuggle drugs from Vice to Liberty City or Vice to Liberty and being a part of one of the five felonies can allow you to become a made man. The dri driving mechanics are a mix of four realism and five credit controls. Which I don't know why they're repeating this, but I'm just reading how the article is. It's a six on foot mechanics or more on the realistic side. It says if you want to bring RPG to a mission, you have to use a van to store it in a car, a large trunk, weapons can be bond sold off in a black market. It, yeah, it's the same thing right there. It says, uh, okay, this is different. It's one thing that became the main focus of GTA 6 is intermersing of uh, and feeling like any and everybody can be approached. The ability to feel like you're a part of the epic crime drama while blending cutscenes, gameplay, and events with a dynamic system that feels like a living world with real people with set populations. You kill someone like a civilian, expect the vice, Donna, to investigate it, and then 
It can come back to bite you later as days or weeks pass. You could be arrested, imprisonment. Isn't just a quick cutscene, it's as a puzzlement. Like it was said a while ago, it says you lose time, value, the respect of your peers and money. It says having a close friend in your crew, being an undercover FBI agent, is meant, meant to jolt your emotional sensibilities. Rock stars are really pushing the boundaries of establishing relationships with the people around you, then having you make uh, tough choices. Want to be uh, Tony Montana? Then imagine playing Red Dead 2 as author, finding at Charles or May, Mary Beth or working for the. Pinkertons then knowing you have to pull a bullet in their skull and then giving you the body. Yeah, that's all that's true. It's uh, I don't mind it too much, but I mean it does have its flaws. Well, I did an article about an hour into that, so I'm gonna go to SummerSlam. Alright, SummerSlam. As y'all know it's a promotion from WWE, Brands Raw, SmackDown two oh five live. It was August 11, twenty nineteen in Toronto, Canada. Looks like about around 17,000 people were in attendance. It's pretty low. I mean, I guess for the venue. <clears throat> I'm trying to, like, uh, what is the, I want to go, like, what is the next show? Because they haven't, usually what the next shows are, they're trying to promote the next pay-per-view. All they're is, like, King of the Ring. And that's not a pay-per-view. I'm trying to see what their next event is. I haven't even been on their website, like, ever. WD.com. 30% off tees for a limited time only. Remember one person they like buy one tee going for a dollar. Let's see shows. Yeah, I know the show. I'm talking about what's coming up next. Let's see tickets. Um, okay. Some more coming events. What? There's gotta be more than that. So the UK. Uh, Paso. So they're coming back to that's a W live event in Paso, like that's the only thing in Texas, again. Huh. Oh wait, where else in France? Yeah, that's weird. Huh. It's gotta be more of this. Well, stuff was official partner W. I'm not saying no, what? It's got to be a pay per view in October. I don't know why it's not showing it. That doesn't make sense. Schedule. So you can go to the utility network from the website. Let's see. Let's see, next pay per view. Um, 
Okay, here's the schedule here. Okay. Oh, Class of Champions is next. Which what? Which one am I call it? Class Champ? What was it originally called? Nine of Champions? Now it's called Class of Champions. So Class of Champions is September 15th. Then Hell in a Cell. I knew Hell in a Cell was October because that's when it last year. Then it's Crown Jewel. Then NXT TakeOver War Games 3. So that's like a. So that's like a every annual thing with Survivor Series. None of these are in Texas anymore. I had like two things in Texas. The Hell in a Cell and Lift Chamber. That was nice. This yeah, so one was last year. It's shown. February. Yep. Okay. Alright. Read off back to the Wikipedia. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't watch the pre. Well, I'd watch a little bit pre-show, but not all of it to be honest. Well, there's three. There were three matches on the pre-show. All right, I'm just going by Wikipedia order. Uh, just showing the results. Drew Golic defeated Ane Lorcan. If I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Single match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match lasted eight minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, I. Let me be honest. I don't. Like I say, I still don't watch 205 live. <laughs> I knew, I knew no, I knew no uh, Drew Gallic though. I mean, if I did the predictions, that's what I would have picked. So, what a one for that. Can't say much for that. Uh, then we had Buddy Murphy defeated Apollo Cruz by disqualification. Uh, singles match, <sighs> four minutes and twenty seconds. Wait, was what was the point of having that match? Uh, I didn't watch this match either. Wouldn't but care to remember that match anyway. Uh, then we had. The last pre-show match, it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross with the champions defeated. Uh, the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Match lasted 6 minutes 15 seconds. I said I didn't watch this match either. I didn't watch any of it, really. But I did watch, as I'm recording this, I did, this is Wednesday now, I did watch the, the new Mac, uh, Raw Smackdown, so I can talk about that as well. Uh, then we had, kick, uh, kicking off the show now. Well, the main show now, SummerSlam, with the pre-show. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Natalya. Smith's match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship match lasted 12 minutes 35 seconds. Uh, I did like how they told this story. They were showing, you know, Becky had problems with her legs. Natalya was, like, going for it. Uh, they each did, like, their own submissions on each other. And then finally, Becky Lynch did the arm bar on Natalya and made her cement. Uh, I thought it was, it was good. It was a good uh, match for her. I enjoyed the storytelling of that a lot. For uh, Talia being over school in her, in her game, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> now, then we had uh, Goldberg defeated Dolph Ziggler. Seems match lasted, lasted a minute and 50 seconds, which I don't know if you caught the whole segment when Goldberg came back additional two more times to get her fucking spears while Dolph just kept talking shit. Uh, it was a fun, entertaining match. I mean, it kind of surprised me when Dolph gave him a super kick a couple of times. And then, you know, that's what I thought. It, I, I knew it was going to be. I wish I would have, I was I wish I was better to do a prediction podcast, but I already predicted that this is gonna be uh, under five minutes. But I don't know. I'm gonna know if we even get something on him. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't see Gobert coming back now. I mean he shouldn't have even done that Undertaker match to be honest. I mean I thought he was done after that Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, and then he just came back for that money, fucked up and then just hit a squash match with Doug Zittler just randomly. Two weeks notice apparently. It is what it is. It's a typical little squash Gobert match. But I guess there's some people good if they never seen Goldberg live when I watched the Warrior Rumble. 
Uh, then we had AJ Styles, champion, with Cole Anderson and Luke Gallows, defeating Ricochet. Singles match for the WWE United States Championship. Uh, I enjoyed this match, too. I mean, it was typical. They had to come in with spots, and they usually have done with each other. But, you know, they had, you know, OC, course interfering. So I already knew that AJ Styles would have won this match. So it was definitely one of the best matches on the card. Uh, then we had Bailey defeated Ember Moon. Singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Match lasted 10 minutes. I enjoyed this match, too. Bailey, Ember Moon put on a good show. I mean... I actually thought uh, Amber Moon actually would get the title for this if I did if I did the predictions. So, but uh, she didn't. So I hope uh, they uh, give her another shot. I mean, I'd like to see this match again. Then at number eight, we have Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon. It was a singles match. If uh, had Owens lost, he would have had to quit WWE. And then uh, this is a new stipulation when the match start, uh, about to start. This is Elias was the special guest enforcer, which. Elias interfered a couple of times because he's an enforcer, but against all odds, Owens won. The match lasted 9 minutes 20 seconds. Uh, it was good overall. It was a good table spot. It was not table spot. Chairs. It was Sinek as always because like, Shane can never do like a straight singles match. So it was alright. Uh, and then I'll talk about more than on the, on the uh, SmackDown side. Uh, we had uh, number 9, Charlotte Flair defeated Tress Dash rubber submission singles match. Uh, this match actually went 16 minutes, 40 seconds. You know, for Trish Stratus, so like, you know, not wrestling for, what, really, singles match, like, eight years, like, she went a long-ass match. I enjoyed this a lot. It felt like Trish didn't really miss a step. Like, that top rope spot they did, I think it was, like, hot spot they did on the top rope, that was fucking fantastic. It was, it was pretty great. I wish I would have seen, if I, I never seen Trish Stratus live or Lita, but, like, if I could pick a match to watch, like, that would have been one of the matches to see for sure. I like how she did really put over Charlotte Flair, so I, I enjoyed it. That was definitely one of the best matches, too. Uh, they had Kelman Keaston versus Randy Orton, and then a double countout. It was a singles match for the WWE Championship. Uh, match lasted 60 minutes, 45 seconds, which was the longest match on the card. Uh, it was good It was good going until, you know, the point they got counted out, and then Kelman Keaston just pretty much beat his ass with like, a chair and shit, and then you know, that's, about, that's about it. Uh, I like to see the I like to see this feud continue on. Uh, they had number eleven, the Fiend, which is Bray Wyatt defeated Finn Balor. Singles match, uh, basically, was pretty much a squash. <laughs> uh, match lasted three minutes twenty five seconds. And then I just saw an article um, on Google News before I was, you know, browsing that apparently the um, as you know Bray Wyatt came out, the Fiend like uh, they looked like he did the uh, the lantern that he always carries out. It had like Bray Wyatt's head like over the lantern, and apparently like like for now. Like you go back to it now, they edit that part out. So I don't think they can do that anymore. Cause that looked pretty gruesome. I'm like, I should have kept that. I'm like that actually looks fucking wicked as fuck. I actually like this new gimmick. I'll have to say more, more, uh, more for that. But you know, they're already censoring this shit. It's too scary. I'm like, uh, they're just gonna wash it down now. But yeah, I thought it was a good squash. I mean, I was, I didn't, know, I wouldn't think, cause uh, there's rumor that Finn Bauer is gonna take some time off. So. If that was the case, I didn't think he'd be coming out as a demon. But if, you know, Finn is going to be gone, I figure he'll come back maybe about Survivor Series or something. One of the next main four uh, pay-per-views, he'll come back as a demon, and that'll be a good match for sure. Let's see how that goes. As they're building, probably uh, Bray Wyatt up or, like, other foes. Uh, then we had the main event, which was Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar with Pond Heyman. 
Singles match for the WWE Universal Championship. The match lasted 13 minutes, 25 seconds. This also surprised me. I didn't think Brawl Lesnar was going to lose this. Like, this is actually a match. Uh, Brawl Lesnar actually... Or, yeah. Brawl Lesnar actually lost clean to Seth Rollins. And that's... I think that's the first time he actually done that. Ever since he came... Or ever since the Undertaker match in WrestleMania 30. Really? Or, uh... I don't know, Goldberg. Except for Goldberg... That's that's the only thing he really lost clean. So that was that's really surprising. So they really push it over to Seth Rollins now. And then the uh, yeah, as we get into the Monday night, yeah, that's pretty much something about SummerSlam. I liked it overall. Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up for sure for a rating. Definitely the match of the night. Um, uh, I don't I don't know much. I I enjoyed the uh, Kobe Kingston match for until the double countout. AJ Styles is good. And uh, Seth, uh, Seth and Brock was a great match. Yeah, this is about top three. And the uh, Charlotte Flair and uh, Trish Stratus for the women's side. Definitely a uh, good thumbs up for that. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit of Raw and SmackDown. The Raw side looks like they're promoting the King of the Rings coming back. Uh, looks like Brock Lesnar is not getting a rematch for the W Championship, which I don't see we're going to go from there since he's not going to UFC. So, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Brock Lesnar now. You probably won't see him until Survivor Series. Maybe he'll do like a gimmick match. Now they'll just put him like an attraction match now instead of like just making him the face like as a champion. That's what I can see. Maybe he'll maybe he'll go to Fiend. And maybe he'll get Bray Wyatt. You know, maybe that'll be something. Fiend versus the Beast. I can see that happening. I'd like to see that since that we still haven't ever got that really. Uh. Then what it was like AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins at the end, and then pretty much Braun Strowman interfered. So I can, I can already see next week it's going to be like a three on three with the OC, uh, with uh, Seth and Strowman and somebody else. Oh, uh, Ricochet. Yeah, that's also I'm debating next week for Monday in a row. Uh, then that's all I'm. Refer- that's all I care for Monday. Oh yeah, then Stone Cold. Uh, he did like a Skype interview with Michael Cole. He promoted his uh, straight up Steve Austin show. I did watch that show after Monday Night Raw. It was it was all right. Fucking I forgot what com- it's some comedian that was in the show. Like he was in a he's been a, he's a movie actor too. He's been in the Hangover and stuff. I forgot I can't I can't remember his name right on the top of my head. But it's basically that's his show. He just brings up celebrities and they just do like r- r- random shit. Like they were on a fucking tank. Running over fucking cars, fucking cooking chicken with some dude eating chicken, eating fried chicken. I don't know. Uh, I wish Steve the best, but I'm like this. This show looks random as fuck. It's kind of like uh, that coffee with celebrities, like on Netflix that I watched with that uh, one comedian host. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> but just more Stone Cold vibe. All right, uh, SmackDown, which I just watched earlier when I got off work. Uh, it was all right. Sobered up with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Uh, basically, since Kevin Owens uh, put his hands on Elias because he was technically in a uh, ref official attire, he is fined a hundred grand. You know, definitely not. You know, puts that as you may be of realism or not. Uh, and then basically, I remember is uh, the revival with Randy Orton and the New Day with you know Kobe Kingston. Well, you know, it's part of the New Day, but you know, if you don't three, uh, the rival and Randy Orton go over. And Randy Orton pretty much RKO's 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 all the new day and then does uh two or generally two or three RKO's Kobe Keaston so it's definitely gonna keep going on that feud so 
And versus they're doing King of the Ring, which well, they don't. It's not even annual thing with the King of the Ring. They just randomly do that like every three years or some shit. So I don't have any intake for that right now. But yeah, guys, that pretty much sums up this week's podcast on the SummerSlam review. I hope guys, I hope you, and pretty much uh, G, uh, gaming news. <laughs> right, guys, uh, if you're a uh, longtime staff fanatic, thank you for listening to another week's week of uh, topics on the pod. If you're new on the podcast, please give me these five star reviews and subscribe to the podcast. Really helps us greatly. It helps uh, get some listeners going. Be sure to set, share it for a friend. You know, just even one friend, guys, really helps the podcast. Guys, it helps it grow and grow each and every week. I like to do this for y'all each and every week for y'all. And uh, be sure to check out my plugins down below. You check out all my social media so you can keep up with me. And uh, until next time, guys, this is DJ Stass. Something I'm saying. Peace. Play me outro. Down the years, it's been a ride. And now I'm sorry, I'm all. It's not in tonight. And on and on, as we go, we seem to fight. But baby, that's just the way we love. And only in the dark do we see our sunlight. Home is where we were, home is where we want to be. And yes, we don't have time to say goodbye. And this ain't the last time. Now this time before we go Raise your hands, raise your toes Time is something special Just like love before it starts to snow It's crazy how the years have gone Memories are the drug we're on But darling, just remember That there's never a goodbye There's There's never a goodbye
one So we can ride the storm Show me where you've gone When you come